Today on Seeking Wisdom, we're going to talk about carrying the water. Boom! I'm scared today. I've never seen Dave this fired up. Get ready, people. <laughs> I am fired up. I am fired up. All right, so we're going to talk about carrying the water. And basically, that's uh, an old saying that most of us know, which is... Uh, for people when they're getting started early in their career to actually spend time carrying the water of those above them, whether that's mentors, whether that's uh, their, the people in their workplace, whoever it is, and basically learning through the age-old apprentice method. And the reason that this came up recently is that we always talk about the grind here. And I noticed something, you know, when talking to other founders and other people of a certain vintage aka old, uh, that, uh, that it seemed like a lot of people that they were dealing with at work or their colleagues who were, you know, just out of school, fresh out of school, had a different set of expectations for how quickly their career would progress. Yeah. So when you mentioned this idea, when you mentioned this to me, I didn't know what you meant by carrying the water at first. And then you explained it to me. I'm a big sports fan. And so the analogy for me was a lot of times the rookies at training camp, on a hot 100-degree day, they got to carry the pads mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me, of, of, of the veterans after practice. They got to carry their shit, yep. bring it into the locker room. Mm-hmm. And so that's what you said. You said, yeah, it's that. Um, and that's so, true in sports yeah. and in the military and in way long ago and in the workplace I don't as know, well. doing things for your parents. Like, exactly. There's just so many, there's so many things, and we're going to talk about all of them because this is a topic that gets uh, me fired up. But you basically were just saying, like, you know, early in your career – we talked about this back and yeah. forth earlier. You kind of have two jobs, right? Mm-hmm. You kind of have like, you have a job of, you have to do your work. Yep. You have to be good at your job, whatever. You're a designer, right? You have to be an amazing designer. You got to, you know, create value for the company and value for your customers. But you also have a second job, What's which that? I don't think a lot of people understand. Mm-hmm. And the second job is to make the rest of your team and your manager, yep. your boss look good and be successful. And it's not just about looking good, but it's like putting them in a position where their life is now easier because they've hired you. Um, and it, and I think the biggest thing that people just forget is they completely forget that step. Uh, but it's a hard thing to talk about because we were just at lunch and we were talking about this. We also don't want to come on here and say like, you know, you are at the mercy of your boss, right? And no, your job is to clean up their shit. Yeah. And I think it's because I think it's true at both ends. So like getting started. I think you should be focused on making your, the company and your boss, whoever that is, your manager, whoever it is, your team, look better, right? And give them the credit. But I also think on the other end, as you progress in your career and as you become a leader, uh, that your job is to help those uh, younger than you, those around you, look good and not yourself. So I think it's not just younger people, but I think it's even as you become more experienced, your job should always be to make those around you shine. Yeah. And I think the, th- the, the mindset is like, if I'm an employee, it's how can I, how can I do my job and also take as many things off the plate of the person who manages me? Yeah. And I think it's going back to your team. 
uh, idea there. It's just like when you see a well-functioning team that everyone's blown away by, it's they're all individually doing great things, but they're also making sacrifices or, you know, assists in, in basketball terms. Uh, they're assisting other players, right? And those are like the great teams, right? There are great teams with exceptions where there's one dominating player, but usually that's not the case. Usually that's the exception. And usually the rule is a great team is everyone is contributing uh, to bring the team forward. All right. So why? Okay. So I'm for people listening. I'm 29. I graduated. He's a millennial. I'm a millennial. Yeah. Uh, graduated in 2009 and uh, started working. The reason I mentioned he's a millennial is that it's unusual for millennials <laughs> to be uh, as in touch with this subject as yeah. Dave is. Yeah. Well. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so. 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 Like. I totally get. Like. You know, I, I understand this. Um, mm-hmm. and I think since then, like right around that time, 2009 ish, like why do you think this started to happen? Is you mentioned to me, like it's the Zuckerberg thing. It's, it's because everybody that graduates college now thinks that like they can start a company and be a, you know, be their own boss at 22. Yeah. I think the, a number of things have happened, like in my opinion, and who knows if they're true or not, but like, uh, you know, so some things which may be correlated are, you know, all of a sudden, you know, you're being brought up in an era where uh, very young founders and celebrities, basically celebrities of all types, some of those celebrities being founders, are being celebrated by our culture, right? And that could be, you know, a singer, an actor, that could be Zuckerberg himself in technology. But like all of a sudden you're seeing examples, public examples, which we didn't see in the past of 22-year-old, 20-year-olds, Justin Bieber, you know, 16-year-olds, like, being phenomenally successful. And the media loves to focus in on those people because they are so exceptional, because that is actually so not normal that we begin to grow up in an environment where we may think those things are normal. And part of the thing is, like, you know, part of the things that make, you know, millennials often great teammates Mm -hmm. uh, is because they – Configure. They think they can. They can figure anything out, and that that's the mindset, right? I can figure anything out. Yep. I can figure this out. Let me do it. I don't have experience, but let me do it. And that that is an amazing quality. But at the same time, it's also like exactly what we're talking about here, and it's that it's that you know mindset that I don't have to carry the water yep. here because I'm just a per, I'm a person just like you, yep. and I can you know I can contribute. And what what year did you start working? So I started working uh, right after I graduated. What year was that? 2009. Okay. But uh, that's important. Yeah. So I, I asked that because I think Dave and most people that we're probably talking about have graduated 2009 or more recently. And the reason that I think that's important is the second reason I think that this may be occurring more often than, than not is that these people have come into a work force where in a workplace where there has been no downturn, right? And the last significant downturn that we yeah. had economically was 2009. Right. So if you came into workforce after that, you've never seen uh, an environment where things have been rough. Right. right. You haven't been through those rough times. And I think for the people who are self-aware, like Dave is on this subject, like they've probably seen some rough times. They've probably been through the trenches uh, to some degree. And so they have some context. Yeah, I think. Uh, you know, for me, it was because I graduated 2009. And that was 2008. Was the shit was a shitty year. Yes, that was my senior year in college, and uh, 
that was like the weird, that was the weirdest I felt in my career, actually, even though I hadn't done anything mm-hmm. yet, was because everybody says you got to go to college so you can get a job. Yep. I know you have opinions on that, but Lots. separate thought. <laughs> um, but then when I graduated, they were like, oh, yeah, we're looking for somebody with two to three years experience. Yep. And I was like, how the fuck do you get experience <laughs> if you can't get a job? So I took a, a internship. Okay, talk which about was that. very humbling. Talk about that. Important. Uh, yeah, so I, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to be – I graduated with a marketing marketing degree, which uh-huh. has absolutely nothing to do with anything I've done in my career. Like I In marketing? Yeah, I do marketing now, but it has nothing to do with anything I learned in college. Okay. Um, and so I took this internship at an agency, a PR agency, yeah. because uh, it was like the only place that would hire me, and uh-huh. I thought I wanted to do business. Mm-hmm. And so I figured this would be a good way, work yeah. with all these tech companies. I think that actually had a lot to do with the way that I think now is because of the agency model. Yes. When you're 20, I was 22, 22, I don't get to talk to clients. Nope. Right. So everything that I do has to like be up, like go through somebody else. Be felt. Um, Every, like, you know, when I was an intern, like emails that I'd write, if they were client facing, somebody would have to review them them first. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I think that forced me to be like, okay, damn, there is a clear, like, you know, ladder here. Hierarchy. Yeah. Yeah. But once you can show that you can do it, um, and so, so like, you know, it was kind of on me, like, okay, if I don't get to do any of this client facing stuff, it was kind of like, how can I make other people that get to do this? How yeah. can I make their jobs easier? Mm-hmm. So then I get to do it. Yeah. And so it just became like, you know, scheduling meetings, you know, for people doing all the other shit, like tra- scheduling travel and, you know, putting stuff in Excel that nobody wanted to deal yeah. with. And were you paid well at this internship? No, it was fucking terrible. I got $10 an hour <laughs> and I was, I was living with my parents' house, which is, uh, in Worcester, which was 45 minutes away from Woburn, where this internship was. Okay, so you commute 45 minutes. Uh, 120 miles round trip every day. There you go. Now, now I think I understand why Dave <laughs> has some some context to this, and I don't think many people have gone through that. But I don't want to forget this thought. So the so the the point of that story was to say that now all the p- companies that people want to work at, there yeah. weren't as many drifts or other startups, right? Mm-hmm. And so the problem, the challenge is that now, if a startup is your first job, or, yes. or all these tech companies, right? Yeah, yeah. You think that work this is, normal. is 10 people sitting around listening to rap on the Sonos <laughs> and there's a tap in the office. Yeah. Like You think that that's what work is. Nope. <laughs> no one's work is that how do we How do we change that though? Because like at the same time... So I don't know. I, 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 love, I love everyone's opinion on how you change that. Yeah. I don't know because... Uh, uh, and maybe the change has to come from someone like Dave, yeah. because I feel like when if I'm to say that, then I'm the old man on right. the hill. Like back yeah, in yeah. my day, yeah, yeah. you had to work. Well, it's, it's shitty. It's day. shitty. To, whoever says it, it's shitty because, <clears throat> excuse me. Even if I say it, it comes off as I want people to like, you know, be there's there's rules and you don't you're not allowed to talk because yeah. you're in this role. And I'm you know Definitely it's not. not that at all. Definitely not. But yeah, but we have to have some context to understand <clears throat> that. You know, the kegerator and, you know, the um, sitting around together and having a good time and doing outings and doing all the fun stuff that we do as a team, as all of us do as a, as teams, especially in startups and early technology companies, is not normal. Yeah. It's not normal at all. But when you that's only been the only experience that you've had. Uh, it's hard. Not, it's hard to have context. Yeah. And I don't know how people. Get you know, it. What I, I think the, I think the most underrated career advice is what's that to join a big company when you get out of college. I think it's a really good idea. It gives you context. So like, and it gives you. Um, you may like it, so it might be perfect for you. And if you don't like it, then you have a reason or kind of a mission. Uh, behind your decision yeah. to either start a company or to join a smaller company 
and it gives you appreciation. Yeah, I, I think it, uh, it depends on depends on what you do. Like, I can understand if you're an engineer, it might mm-hmm. be easier to go join a small company and like mm-hmm. you have a more focused role. But if you're if you're in sales or you're in marketing, like, um, I didn't appreciate this while I was doing it, but yeah. I worked at two big companies. Yeah, mm-hmm. two big companies before Drift and and two start. So I've done two early stage companies and two big companies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think when you're at a big company at the time while you're there, you hate it and you're like, I want to be at a startup this place. But then when you get that first early stage job, you have like subconsciously built in all this process and not the bad type of process, yep. but like the way you communicate, yep. the way you share your work, the way you work with others. Like I think that's stuff that you can't learn if you just go directly to an early stage company. And so being in the constraints of a, of a big company where you're like, you know, one of 150 marketers is actually a really good learning experience, but it's just hard in that moment to think of it that way. Yeah. And I think, you know, in our world that we're kind of in B2B software world, it's important to have context for what is broken today in order to fix it. And it's great to have that kind of um, beginner's mindset and to come in and not be weighed down by the way that things work today. But it's also super useful to have some context for, like, what is actually broken? Do actually people care about whatever it is that I'm building or proposing? Yeah. So uh, what do you, from, your, from where you are, like, what it, Tell me about the good things that can happen to somebody in their career if they carry the water. Mm-hmm. So much. Let's see. What are the good things? Well, one, you start to, <clears throat> it humbles you, right? So you need that humbling. And uh, because the humbling is going to come no matter what. Yeah. But I mean, and, from, from your perspective, you're more likely to invest in that person. Oh, definitely. Oh, okay. So that perspective, yes. I think like, yeah, you know, from you people, like as a CEO. Yeah. People are always asking for like to get time with whatever with with me or different people whatever i don't want it to make it about me but like they're like oh i want a mentor i want like to talk to this person i want to talk to that person and it's like well first thing you got to do is like do stuff for them people want to get but they never want to give so you got to start with giving because you need to give what you what you want to get back right. and so you go work apprentice mentor whatever the word is go do Basically, go create value for that person or set of people, and uh, and then they will give back to you, right? Uh, but to expect that they will give back to you without first creating value, uh, yeah. it's unlikely. And this what happens at companies like, you know, I saw this at company I used to work at. Day one, new employee emails like the CMO, mm-hmm. says like, hey, can we get a coffee? I want to yep. pick your brain. Mm-hmm. 75 people on this team. Yeah. $100 million in revenue. Yeah. Like he doesn't want to sit down with you and, and talk, have a coffee. Like you've been through the interview process. You're here now. You don't get to, you don't get to pull that card. It's hard enough for other people to get meetings with this person. Totally. And that, when I was back before Drift, I was at HubSpot and actually that would happen. I knew when we were bringing in new classes of MBAs because it would happen every single time, right? So like I knew when the new class was starting because I would get all of these emails on. So of every MBA that would start their first day, the first thing that they would do uh, is is to send emails to everyone on the executive team and say, hey, can we go to lunch, right? So I, first day, you're getting all these emails and they're like, hey, do you have time? Let's set, Can we set up a meeting for a Tuesday to chat? And I'd be like, one, who is this? <laughs> Two, I would always reply the same, the same thing. I, you know, I would be the ass and say no. Yeah. And then, and then they would, some of them, you know, small percentage of them would reply back and be like, uh, why can't we meet? And I would say, you need to do something here first, <laughs> right, right? Like right. do something here first yeah. so that not only that you create value, but that so that we all have context or I have context to even understand what are we talking about? Because you haven't been here for more than 
30 seconds. You haven't contributed to the team or the company, uh, but yet you want to have a meeting. I don't know what the, what, what we're going to talk about. And so, and, and you know, most of the, most of the time they would always want to talk about when I did do it in the beginning, uh, just nonsense, right? They just want to meet for the sake of meeting. They're talking about your career. Yeah, they'll, Le- yeah. Life lessons. Tell, That's why we do this lessons. podcast now. Yeah. So you don't have to, people don't have to meet with you. You can just listen. Exactly. <laughs> and I could point them back and be like, go do that. Yeah. Because every time I would meet them, I'd be like, oh, we already talked about doing right. this. Have you done it yet? No, I haven't done it yet. Well, that's your fucking problem. Whereas like, like, what are we talking about? So this is a se- just a self-awareness thing. Yeah. Whereas the right way to approach that would have been, I want to meet with this guy, mm-hmm. but I don't have my card to play yet. Yeah. But I'm on his team. I'm going to bust my ass. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do a good job. I'm yeah. going to make sure he knows who I am. Mm-hmm. Maybe make a couple things in his life easier. Yeah. Right? And those people, guess what? You you uh, you go out and you pull those people closer to you because they're ex- exceptional. Right. So the people who would come in and crush it, man, I'd be running to meet with them. Not only me, but anyone else would be like, wow, that person is creating so much value that I want to be a part of them. Well, I you, take help the them. Other, you take the opposite mindset. You're like, man, I want to try to get my hands on this person early in their career. Yeah. Right versus them just coming to you saying like, Hell, you know, exactly. Tell me a story. So totally underrated. You know, carry the water first. You know, yeah. push, and uh, and then you know people will because it's no, it's so not normal. You will stand out, and people will pull themselves to you. So you will create a pull versus trying to push yourself onto them. Yeah. So that's some career advice today. Yeah. From us. Yeah. And so, uh, what would you tell people, other yeah. millennials like yourself? Who haven't carried the water yet? Why would it be beneficial? I, I just and like how I've, do they do it? <clears throat> so uh, the beneficial part is you just notice that people take good people take good care of you, yeah. right? That's the number one thing. Mm-hmm. That's why you should do it. Yeah. Um, because if you can take little things off of that person's plate, then that life their life is easier, and it's more likely to trickle down to you. Um, but it's like it also just shows the self awareness, and that I think that can be applied to a lot of other things other than the day to day job. They're like, oh, this guy obviously gets how things work. I trust him working on X because he's going to think about it the right way. Um, as far as like how to apply that in your job, mm-hmm. I think like I think just just remember that you have two you have two jobs. You have the job that was in the job description, like on the website that you applied for and got or whatever didn't apply for, but you know the role. You have to do that well. And, and so like, that's check number one. You don't get to earn the right to do all this other fun stuff yep. and hang out with execs. Like if you're not crushing your job. Mm-hmm. Um, but once you've done that, it's just like, think about opportunities where you can take things off of people's plate. So like, whether it's just like you're in Slack, for example, and somebody, you know, mentions like your, your CMO and they say like, Hey, you know, Bob should go do this. Right. You know that that you, if you have self awareness, you know that that's not something that that person needs to spend their time on. Just mm-hmm. grab that. Just say, say, I got it. And I'll do it. Yep. And uh, it's just, on, it's a lot of just like doing stuff mm-hmm. and then telling somebody that you did it. Like, hey, FYI, like I booked this thing for you. Don't worry about it. Here's all the information. Got it covered. Huge. So that person doesn't have to think. And especially, you know, it, this usually applies, unless you're at a huge company, this usually, the story that we're telling today is like applies to execs. Mm-hmm. It's not usually like the director of sales at a big company. Um, it's more about people whose schedules are already nuts yep. and already have enough stuff going on mm-hmm. that any any like sliver that you can make their life a little bit easier mm-hmm. as it relates to work, yep. whether it's you see some bullshit stopping it before it gets to them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's almost like your fight. You, you see a fight with your sibling. Mm-hmm. You could either tell your, you could either let your parents find out so everybody gets in trouble. Yeah. You know, or you can deal with or it. Or you can deal with yourself. Yeah. So I think the one takeaway, the one thing that I would tell people if they're, 
early in their career and they have kind of a goal of, hey, I want to be the CMO someday. I want to be the CEO. I want to be whoever you want to be uh, or I want to, you know, start a company someday. Whatever it is that you're go- whatever your goal is, to go and find out, find the person closest to you who has already done that and has been successful at doing that, uh, and then go and figure out how you can go and carry the water for her, for him, right. and uh, and then learn from that person uh, by doing so. And realize how long it took that person to get there. Right? Long time. You and I were, you shared a story like you said one time, you started a bunch of companies, managed hundreds of people. Yep. You said one time, somebody basically like jumped five different steps to become an exec before, oh, they, totally. before they were 30. Yeah, I think this is like something that people don't see. Is, it takes uh, time. It takes a long time. And so some people, you know, might come out of school and be like, you know, I'm 22, I'm 23, I'm 24, whatever. It's like, all right, how can I be VP of whatever or the CMO in, you know, yeah. in a year? And it's like, you know, when someone is that far out or that far um, from being self-aware, it's almost, it's really hard to kind of coach them, but you know, you can use examples and say, you know, the best, best case scenario, like the most, the phenom, the, the person who's blown you that you've seen or either work with you or has worked uh, around you. Who's, you know, who's been the, the Kobe of their era. It took them, you know, whatever, eight years, 10 years to be able to. And do that this. was like the best person you've ever seen. So yeah. It's and be, I've only seen one. Right. right. So like, you know, can you, maybe you can be fast to that person. Probably not. Probably most of us cannot be that, can be the Kobe of our position, of our generation. Yeah, but the thing is it doesn't come down to like if you're 24, 25, that next step isn't about the work that you've done in the 365 days of that year. Exactly. It's like the experience that you have to – that just compounds over time, Mm -hmm. right? And and a lot of times it's like you can do an amazing job, but – time you just need time because you need to see more things happen there's going to be ups and downs you need to go through all that it's not like you you just crush it in one year and because nobody has seen results like that that you just get to be this role yeah you need to you need time to make mistakes and to learn from them and you're going to make lots of them i'm reading this fantastic book by the founder of uh, sam adams jim coach I don't know if I'm saying his last name right. Fantastic book. I think we're going to do a podcast episode in the future about this. Great book. You know, he started this beer micro, he started the microbrewery kind of uh, industry. He started Sam Adams, which most of us know as a great beer company. And, um, and one thing that he said that he always remembered that his dad told him, and he came from a, the longest line of American brewers in history, right? His dad was a brewer, his grandfather, his great grandfather. Well, his dad told him one thing that he always remembered. He said, you know, you got, you need time to be able to make mistakes. And you're going to start out and you're going to make $100 mistakes in business. <laughs> then you're going to make $1,000 mistakes. You know, and maybe you might even make it one day to make $100,000 mistakes. And he said, and if you're really, really, really lucky and part of the very, very few percentage of people who get this far, you will someday make million-dollar mistakes. And he always thought about that because he did make all of those mistakes, including making uh, – one multi-million dollar mistake um, that could have sunk his company. But you will need time in order to make all those levels of mistakes. And it's one thing to learn from a $100 mistake, but guess what? A $10,000 mistake is coming up and a $100,000 mistake is coming up. And that just is a matter of time. You cannot rush that. Man, that was a good, that's a good place to end. I was going to, I was hoping you mentioned that new book. Oh yeah. yeah. Everyone's got to go out and read that. And we're going to do an episode on that soon. 
Cool. All right. That's a good place for us. Go carry water. Today. Go carry the water. And then once you're done carrying the water, uh, help us and go to seekingwisdom.io. Catch up on all the previous episodes. We talked about a bunch of things that we've, we've mentioned in the past before. They're all on the website. Come on. Stop hiding. Show us some love. Five-star reviews. Yeah. Come on. And we'll take, hook up an uncle. We'll take a five-star review if you're, you know, if you're in the spirit and you, you've been liking what we're doing. Hook up Uncle DC. Five stars. We'll talk to you next week. See ya.